0: Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Happy Monday. It's almost the end of the work day. Hopefully, wherever you are, you're wrapping things up, getting ready to crack open a cold one and enjoy a Monday evening. Much like I am. Tell me about it, man. Monday hits hard sometimes, especially after the first footballist Sunday. Whew, baby, that's rough. Those are rough times. Um, some news, little trickles of news earlier this afternoon. Rob Damoski reporting that Jerry Montgomery, the longtime Packers defensive line coach, is taking uh, pretty much the same job out in New England with the Patriots, becoming Jared Mayo's defensive line coach. Um, Montgomery, the longest tenured coach in Green Bay, came in under Capers and Mike McCarthy back in the day absolute stand-up guy, really good coach. Patriots are getting a good one. Um, Interesting to see how that position gets filled in Green Bay, along with a few other guys who will be sticking around, including Ryan Downard, the safeties coach. No word yet on what his title will be, but Rob reporting that he will remain in the fold. Obviously, Downard worked with Halfley a couple of years ago, so there's some familiarity there. Um, But today, I wanted to start by talking about the offense, the offensive side of the ball. And With a new coordinator and the coaching staff changes and things going on on the defensive side of the ball, I've seen a lot of chatter online, as it were, about the offense being, quote, set. Oh, they're set on offense. And, I mean, Matt LaFleur has said it. A lot of coaches say it. And it's a bit of a cliche, but it's reached cliche status because it's true. And that's the saying, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And just thinking you're set on offense is a good way – to make sure that you get worse. Now, I don't think anybody inside 1265 Lombardi is thinking that way, but on the outside looking in, I understand looking at the tear that the Packers offense went on towards the end of the year, specifically say the last six, seven games or so. It's very, you know, understandable that fans are thinking, man, just set it and forget it. Um, And it's so kind of fascinating to me. This is something I've seen a couple of times already on Twitter in the last week or so, I have seen legitimate flame wars. I mean, people getting aggressive and personal because it's Twitter and that's what happens about the idea that the Packers should never, ever, ever draft a wide receiver in this next draft. Because, again, they're, quote, set. And I'm here to tell you that is insane thinking. If there is value in a pick, say, I don't care what round but let's say there's somebody available on day two that drops to them that they have highly rated on their board. There's no way in God's green earth they should just say, oh, you know what doesn't don't need it. We're set at wide receiver. I mean, talking skill sets, we're talking what positions, where on the field they play, what types of kind of athletic upside they bring to the table. There are all sorts of conversations to be had there. And this idea that You know, it's completely out of the realm of possibility that the Packers might add another wide receiver, is absolutely insane. There is no telling what happens next season with any of these guys who, admittedly, had really good seasons in 2023. That's across the board, both the rookies and the second year guys. But, man, you cannot set your watch to any of it. You have got to continue to foster competition, to find upside, to think long term. I mean, there there's no way you sit there and go, yep, nope, take all the wide receivers off the board. And again, I know this is like a bit of an extreme position, seemingly uh, because of something that I saw a couple of times on Twitter. But man, I just want people to understand that there, you are always, always looking to add talent and upside. And if you can find value in the draft, you absolutely pounce on it. Um, that All of that said, I would be very surprised if they utilized any kind of free agency dollars uh, at wide receiver. Now, maybe uh, maybe some other positions, uh, if they find value there, kind of later waves of free agency. But they tend to, you know, have a track record of growing their own at wide receiver. And I suspect if there is an addition, that's where it'll happen um, in the draft. I just don't want anyone thinking like, oh, you know, they had some success there at the end of the year. We're good on offense. Man, there's no telling what's going to happen next year when they get back convened, say, through the offseason program, but especially once training camp begins. I mean, I remember hearing all season long or all offseason long last summer how Watson and Dobbs were ready to take over. And then we didn't even see Watson for X amount of time. And that's no shade on Watson. I know he's dealing with injuries. I understand that. But this is the point, right? Things happen. And you never really know, and you cannot count on things. Just absolutely picking up right where they left off. That is not how it works. You've got to be proactive. You've got to be thinking long term on both sides of the ball. Anyway, that's my, my little uh, my little uh, rant to start things off today. I hope you're all doing well. Good to see everybody. Hope you all had a good weekend. We got Ed starting us off with a super chat here. Zeke Bretkowski. Wow. What a pull. Was an integral part of the glory years? Do you know how the Packers feel about Sean Clifford? I think they like him. I think he showed real promise this summer. Really grabbed that backup role and never let it go. I mean, from the start of camp. So I think they, yeah, they're pretty happy with what they got there. Now that said, everything I was just talking about, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a quarterback in the draft who had upside. Maybe there's value. Somebody drops. Man, Ted Thompson, you know, probably should have drafted more quarterbacks. Ron Wolf drafted quarterbacks every year, practically. Now, oftentimes, yes, would end up flipping them for draft picks, but man, the position's too important to ignore. And if there's a quarterback in the draft that they like, and there's value there, they should make that selection. All of that said, I think they like Clifford. Like I said, he showed real promise, the command of the offense, had a much better uh, arm than I think most people think thought was going to be on display when we went up to training camp and through those preseason games. Um, It's funny because like all I heard after he was selected was what a noodle arm he had and you would never be able to make the NFL throws. And there he is. Forget about training camp practice in actual preseason games, like making throws to the far hash. Like guy looks NFL. Okay. To me. But again, we'll see if there's uh, something in the draft that they like. Jeezy baby. What's going on, man? If you can draft a Sterling Sharp in the first round, you draft a Sterling Sharp regardless of who's on the team. Point blank, period. Hashtag bear suck. I mean, it would be nice if there was a Sterling Sharp. Uh, I doubt there is. Those are few and far between, but your point is taken and correct. Yes, if there is an incredible talent, a blue-chip talent, you don't just turn away because you had some success with a bunch of rookies the year pre- previous. Mm. we could get a better running back than Dylan. even. Do you think that, and then Callum asks, do you think the Packers will move on from A.J. Dillon? I think there's a good chance they move on. I suspect it will come down to A.J. possibly giving a hometown discount if he wants to stay in the area, though I don't think that's a given. I know people have said, you know, oh, he'll stick around because he wants to be in Green Bay, etc. But man, you can keep a house in the area and then go play for someone else and live there in season and then come back to Green Bay in the off season. Hell, Mike McCarthy's still doing that. You know? So I don't think that's the automatic kind of transaction that maybe some fans think. But yeah, I think the Packers would like to. I think there's some security there. A guy who knows the offense. Certainly, after some early season struggles this year, he certainly looked much better moving the chains, keeping him ahead of the sticks when he called upon. I mean, I think his best game of the year was that game against Kansas city where he absolutely contributed to that, that victory and their play style in that game. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'll be very surprised if they don't take a running back in this draft and that regardless of what happens or is happening with AJ, um, you know, between AJ's deal being up and Aaron Jones continuing his, Awesome run as Packers running back, but continuing to age. At some point, you got to replenish the cupboard, so to speak. Uh, Let's see. William James, what's up, man? Have you heard what the strength of the draft is? That's a good question, William. I'll be asking Ben Fennel that on Wednesday when I talk to him for our weekly draft series. That said, I know um, Daniel Jeremiah today was effusive in his praise of the depth along the offensive line in this draft, saying that if there's a team out there or, you know, there's somebody in need of overhauling their offensive line, this is a good draft to do it in. Lots of contributors, lots of guys who can contribute right away, up and down the line, tackles, guard, center, etc. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's the deepest, you know, strongest position in the draft per se, but that's a pretty damn good ringing endorsement Got your happy price, price line. In this this year's draft. Pack Daddy, what's going on, man? I think Lvn would thrive in a four-man front. Agree? Well, yeah, I think he'd thrive if he's kind of utilized a little bit more up and down the line. I was surprised that they didn't utilize the rookie a little bit more along the interior on obvious passing downs. And I don't know if that's just because they were trying to limit what they were teaching technique-wise, but man, I sure hope he is given the opportunity to kind of, you know, mix and match and play not just end, but also again, on obvious passing downs, kick inside, try and take on some of those guards one-on-one and get to the quarterback. And I I do think, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. He did play with some hand in the ground, you know, type stuff when he was at Iowa. So we'll see if they kick him outside as a D end and, I ask him to get after tackles that way, but I do think he's only scratched the surface so far. Of that, there's little doubt. Uh, Mimsy, what's up? Psyop aside, no way San Francisco wins this, right? Oh, there's a way. There's always a way. I mean, look, how did the Packers beat the Chiefs? They stayed ahead of the sticks. They played keep away. They possessed the football, and they scored early, which is a big part of it. San Francisco can do that. Hell yes, San Francisco can beat the Chiefs, especially if they play that brand of football. I mean, nobody runs the ball more than Kyle Shanahan, and that is the key to beating the Chiefs. I mean, why the hell the Ravens approach the game the way they did, I'll never know. But, I mean, they kind of showed everybody, this is you are foolhardy if you just want to spread it around and try and throw it. I mean, obviously, you throw the football every game, but against the Chiefs, you want to run the ball. You want to get ahead of the sticks. Get yourself in manageable situations, especially with Brock Purdy at quarterback. So, yeah, McCaffrey, Samuel, the ground game, that is the key. And can San Francisco do it? Absolutely. I mean, look, I, don't, I mean, all edifice aside, I am rooting for the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong. But, yes, the 49ers absolutely have a path to victory. Zero question. Joe, what's going on, man? Sorry to say, I don't think gambling $20 million of cap space on Bakhtiari's knee makes sense. Draft is really strong at OT. Time to move on. Thoughts? I don't see it as gambling. I see it as an investment. Sometimes investments go south, but I want the future Hall of Famer, current all-pro tackle on my team. That's just me. Also, why do fans care? It ain't your money. Also, also, you cut him, you still have to deal with the dead cap, which is almost just as much. So now... You're dealing with that cap hit anyway, and he's going and playing for someone else. Hell no. Like, again, why do you care about the packet? Like, it's not your cap space. Not following Joe around and going, uh, Joe, uh, I'm sorry. You cannot get half of these groceries because Bakhtiari is taking up $20 million of your cap space. It ain't your budget, dude. I want good players on my team. David is one of the best in the league. I'm a weird fan, I guess. I know this is how modern fandom works now, but I'll never understand it. I'll never get it. Oh, it's a cap hit. I don't care. I don't care. That is literally Russ Ball's job. Maybe ain't my job as a fan. I'm going to root for the guys in the field. I want Dave to be one of them. That's just me. I didn't realize I'm in the minority here, and that is fine. Fan how you fan. This is how I choose. Vex, what's up, man? How good is Chiefs defensive coordinator Spaggs? Funny you bring that up because we were talking about this last week. It's, there's a blind spot in Spaggs' resume that people have kind of, I guess, kind of out of sight, out of mind, have collective amnesia about because, you know, there was a point there after he lost the head coaching job where he came back to the league. I thought it was with the Saints. See, I can't even remember. But he was terrible. He was bad. I mean, really bad. But prior to that, with the Giants, he was excellent. Obviously, that's what got him the head coaching gig, right? But now here he is, back with the Chiefs, and he's been outstanding. That's why you can never really just say, like, oh, that guy's great, or that guy's junk, or that guy's a bum, or that guy's the best. Because, man, situation plays into it a whole lot. Now, that's not to say that some guys, you know, aren't just cut out to be, say, defensive play callers. I think the last defensive coordinator in Green Bay would fall under that purview. You know, but I still think he's a decent football coach. I just don't think he's a very good coordinator. Spags clearly is a pretty damn good coordinator. Of that, there's little doubt at this point. Jeezy uh, Baby, what's up, man? People turned on Box so fast. He was so good. I mean, was so good. He is so good when he's on the field. And I understand he's not on the field as much as we would like. But, man, go back and watch week one. He erases people. And that was on a bum knee. I mean, he has literally said it and forget it. You know how rare that is in the NFL? I hear you, man. I hear you. Uh, What's up? Shane, how are we doing? Are we drafting a linebacker, or can McDuffie and Quay do it next year? I suspect they'll draft somebody, though. Right now, on first blush, I have no idea who that will be. Um, Not wild about this group so far from what I've seen as far as off-ball backers. but. you know, again, that ain't my job. That's what they're tasked with doing. And I think on the McDuffie thing, I keep saying this, and I don't know if anyone agrees, but I think he's a fine depth piece, but I don't, I don't see him as a starter. I, I think the longer he's out there, the more you find holes in his game. You know, and it's not a knock on Isaiah in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, he is absolutely valuable. He has come in and saved the Packers' bacon on more than one occasion. Coming off the bench, and even hell, there were games where they had three a three backer rotation. I mean, they did that in the playoff game against uh, the Cowboys. But yeah, as a front line starter, the guy you're counting on, you're game planning with week after week after week. I don't think he's your guy. I think you need to get better there. That's just me. But um, I'd be surprised if that was if they didn't add to that position this off season. Uh, Vex, what's up, man? Imagine not appreciation appreciating Bakhtiari. He is insanely good. I mean, Vex, look, I don't I don't mean to come down on anybody. I, I get it. Like I understand the idea, especially again in the modern landscape of how people fan and the cap is such a big part of it now. Laying out that size cap hit for a guy who hasn't been able to stay on the field. I understand why people have misgivings or are trepidatious about it, right? Totally understand that. I just value the upside, what you're talking about, valuing what he adds when he's out there. And that's what this whole year was about, as far as getting the surgeries, trying to get that knee finally right. Why go through all of this over the course of the last three years to then get rid of him? It makes no That makes no sense to me. Especially, again, when, however he's gone, his cap is still affecting the Packers' cap. His hit is still whether it's trade or cut, and I don't think it's going to be trade. If it's going to happen, it'll probably be a cut. They're still going to be carrying a pretty significant cap hit, and now he's not playing for you. He's going to play for someone else. Why? Makes no sense. Atomic Hound. How you doing, man? What kind of D are we going to run? Obviously, a half-breed. A (laughs) half-breed. Woo! It'll be multiple. I suspect it'll be rooted in some of the principles that Jeff was privy to when he was working with Sala out in San Francisco with the 49ers. But I also think he's added a lot of uh, arrows to his quiver since then and ideas about defense. And I suspect now, you know, we won't really know anything until we see them out there on the field week one next season. But I suspect it's going to be a pretty good kind of mixing and matching of different philosophies. And I'm, you know, the one kind of thing that everyone wants it is is if based in 3-4 four, or 4-3, four, I suspect it'll be based in 4-3 in a middle-closed, you know, secondary, but that's just guesswork, right? At this point, nobody has a clue. And here's the other thing. I'm not sure they are dead set on what they want in that regard. I think that's what this process right now that they're going through is all about. Having him in the building, looking at all last year's tape, looking at who they have in the building already as far as how they work and what they're best suited for. So I think it'll be a bit yet yeah, before we have some kind of idea there. You know, I'm fascinated to see if we get Jeff at the podium anytime soon. Maybe get some some members of the intrepid Packers beat to uh, get it out of him there. Uh, Abdul, what's going on, man? Hey, Aaron, Jenkins have a down year or is that harsh? I think that's pretty harsh um yeah man i don't know what your standards are but i thought he balled out and now was he the eraser that he had been prior to his injury the significant acl that he suffered a couple years ago no but he's still pretty damn good i mean I don't know. I guess people always just expect everyone to be perfect all of the time once they've shown that they can play at a high level. But man, consistency in the NFL especially is insanely hard. Um, I thought for the most part Jenkins had a really good year. And that's not to say that there weren't games where he could could have played better or that he struggled a little bit against certain competition, maybe a certain style of opponent. But yeah, man, no. I I, I don't know. If i call it harsh, I just think you had probably high expectations that maybe weren't met, but yeah, no, man, I I thought he had a pretty good year. Cheeto, what's up? Yeah, but I'm an owner, so it's our cap space. Okay. Moving right along. (laughs) Touche. Touche Cheeto. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mimsy, Why you gotta be so negative? Is Watson destined to be 2021 Stokes great year one? Is he destined to be? No. I think he's destined to become a baller, a future Hall of Famer. There, I'm putting that out into the mix to counter your negativity. Nobody knows, man. I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for the kid. Is it possible that he never regains the form that we saw when he tore apart the league the second half of his rookie year? Yeah, but the stretch where he came back and took it to the Lions and Chiefs suggests to me that, yeah, he'll continue to terrorize Defensive backs for however long he plays in the NFL. It's just a question of keeping him on the field. I ain't too worried about it. Abdul, thanks again, man. Are Tom and Walker our tackles of the future, or are you still looking at tackles in the draft? Go back to the top of the program here. I would say they'll undoubtedly be looking at tackles and guards in the draft, um, day three most likely, or if an incredible value falls to them earlier in the draft. I don't think they're going to kick it out of bed, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? I think Walker certainly improved throughout the season and showed that he can start in the NFL. There's zero doubt about that. But, man, if there's value there and they like the upside and there's, like, no question about the fact that whoever they're looking at tackle-wise could come in and compete right away, I don't think they're going to blink, you know, and they're not going to say, well, she looked pretty good. Like, they're going to bring in that competition. It's only going to make you better. I don't think, yeah, Walker's got a ways to go. And I think Gutekun said as much in his final press conference, you know? Like, there's zero doubt. You love everything you saw from Rasheed Walker this season. You loved his improvement. The way, I mean, hell, getting thrown into the fire there week two in Atlanta, on the road, in the dome, it's loud as hell. You're looking in, you're trying to get the rush, whip your head around, get the defender. You know, there's a lot going on there. To go from that game... To where he was towards the end of the year, especially some of the reps you saw against Bosa, which were really good. That kid grew of that. There's little doubt. What else we got? We got Vex again. What's up, man? The modern fan is just gambling with a varnish of fantasy football. Terrible. I do think it's really kind of moved in that direction. Right. And. Yeah, it's sad. I don't see it really ever changing in that regard. That's kind of why I love the whole Packers niche even more, though. You know what I mean? Because I do think there's still a very organic community around the Packers that isn't driven by those things, even though those things are part of it because it's part of the NFL and it's part of the landscape now, and especially for a younger generation that is coming up, kind of consuming all their content via the Internet. And so now the NFL is just part of that Internet landscape for them. That's always going to exist, right? And you can't deny it. But I do think there's plenty around the Packers that doesn't involve any of that is the stuff that I love. You know what I mean? The history, uh, the community, the way families still root for the Packers and pass that down. Although I will say we had a meeting last week and Corey Corey got me good. He was like, we were in the middle. I can't remember what we were talking about. But all of a sudden he just stopped. And he said, you know what? I probably shouldn't say this because that's Corey. He's like, I probably shouldn't say this, but I can't believe none of your girls root for the Packers. And I got to admit, he got me good because I have thought that exact thing many, many times. (laughs) I'm just like, how do I have three kids and not one of them gives a shit about the Packers? Fail. Just a fail. Thomas, what's up? With all the talk about competition everywhere, do they bring in another center this year via the draft to compete with Myers? Thomas, excellent question. I think it's a legit possibility. I know they have been very complimentary of Myers and for good reason. I think his play has improved. And I do think he found a bit more consistency as the year went on, though. I don't think he ever really fully hit a stride where you're like, okay, he is our guy for the next however many years. Right. But yes, I think if there's again, you guys are going to hear me say it from now until the end of April, if there's value there, hell yes, you take a center. And if he's got, you know, the ability to come in and compete and make you better. I don't doubt for a second that Brian would pull that trigger. Um, these are all great questions, by the way, when it comes to the draft. Make sure you're checking out my talks every week with Ben Fennel, because Ben obviously does the deep dive on all of this stuff as far as prospects and how they might fit in Green Bay. I'll be talking to him every week throughout the season. Our next one's coming out Wednesday. So thank you for all the draft fodder, because that's the stuff I'll get to ask Ben about. Oh, Jeezy, baby, here we go. We got some random Packer action. Anthony Dillwig. That's it. You paid $2 to say Anthony Dillwig. Imagine yourself as a younger man, as like, you know, a 10-year-old, and knowing somebody comes up to you someday like, like Biff with the almanac and says, someday, young man, you are going to spend $2 of your own money to type the name Anthony Dillwig into a contraption called the Internet for another human to respond to. Who's your mind, doesn't it? Pretty insane. Vex, what's up, man? I'd rather have a better corner than a better kick returner. Ooh, Vex, this sounds like a Keyshawn Nixon super chat. Um, I very much agree. And uh, we'll actually have a short little free agency video on Keyshawn Nixon, much like we had about AJ Dillon. Uh, we'll have a Keyshawn Nixon one going up pretty soon. Uh, but yes, I am with you. Maybe your girls can take a trip to uncle Corey's house and see what they are missing. What's funny. I, the girls went to Corey's house two years ago. We went there, we were home for Thanksgiving and we staying with my dad in Appleton. We drove up to green Bay and said hi to Corey and Rachel and took some time at Corey's house. And Olive's takeaway was like, that's the kind of house I'm going to have only. It's going to be all Olivia Rodrigo instead of Packers. That was the, that was the big takeaway. Johnny Rivers, thanks for being a Care of the G Club member. Jason Horton, there we go. We are off and running. Nagler, have you ever seen a coaching staff get poached in one month like the Ravens' defensive staff? Talk about a coaching tree. I mean, it's pretty impressive, right? Now, what's going to be fascinating is how these guys do in their new environs, whether that's out in Seattle, whether it's down in Miami, whether it's or in Baltimore himself, you know what I mean? Like, whoo, baby going to either put their stamp on the NFL or going to fizzle out big time. I'm I'm fascinated. But as far as like in one off season to see that kind of talent drain from a staff, it's pretty rare. No question about it. <laughs> When's the Cheesehead TV turtleneck dropping? All right, Mizzy, now it's time to go. I can't thank you guys enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels please do me a monster favor hit like on this video subscribe to the channel and then tell your friends and tell your family cheesehead tv we are devoted to green bay packers fans worldwide thanks a lot everybody have a great night go pack go